0: Hello there, welcome to the Culture of Life podcast from Human Life International. I'm Tad Wojcik, the Mission Research Specialist, here with Father Shannon Bokeh, our President.
1: Uh, Tad, good to be with you again, even though I'm still out remote, which is uh, good because the last time our technology worked, so it's we're on a on a roll, we hope.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I said here, but I really mean there, or here and there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Um, today we're talking, uh, as people might expect, about the momentous decision um, last Friday, June 24th, which was the Feast of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, as well as the Nativity of St. John the Baptist, as well as the day that the Supreme Court released uh, its decision in the case Dobbs versus Jackson, women's health, completely overturning uh, Roe v. Wade and... Uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, uh, which is an extremely important decision, a fateful decision, and one that we've been talking about for quite a long time, Father, actually since the very first episode of this podcast um, and the implications of that. Uh, So with that in mind, now that we really are in this truly post-Roe and post-Casey world, um, we have great cause for celebration, Father, but could you briefly recount um, yeah, why don't we start with that on the on that kind of relish that victory and, and see, Father, um, what it means that so many years of pro life work have come to this, and, and 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 years of prayer and labor.
1: Well, I think that's the that's the issue, Tad, is that we've had you know for nearly fifty years, uh, many men and women working tirelessly uh, to to get to this point where we would see the overturning of a very egregious law that has cost the lives of you know, 63 plus million unborn children and has, you know, caused havoc, you know, in families and in individuals' lives and, and also within our own society that has, you know, continually tried to uh, indoctrinate the practice of killing the unborn uh, into our society. So, you know, to, to finally be at a point where we can say that we have come beyond Roe uh, is, is, is truly momentous. And it also means that You know, our work continues because, as we know, the situation with Roe is that it has been now put back to the states and their own legislative bodies to determine, you know, what will happen in their individual states. Now, obviously, all of us in the pro-life movement are are not uh, satisfied, you know, just with the overturning of Roe. It is the most important step to get the law changed and to get it where the states can then fight the good fight. And we have many states that have done Uh, Yeoman's work in preparing for that day, and we've talked about that Tad before with the trigger laws and, you know, 26 different states already had pro-life laws on their books. So, you know, a a great amount of life, you know, was saved on that Friday morning, you know, when uh, the issuing of the the court's decision, I'll give you an example, in the state of Louisiana, Mm -hmm. uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning, the abortion facilities closed. So, this happened across our country. And as a result of that law, thousands of lives were saved that day, and so it it, it, it its hard to put into words, you know, how impactful the court's decision is. Um, but also, it means that we first, I would say, we need to give uh, Thanksgiving, you know, to the many, many women who brought us here. You know, our own founder, Father Marx, has been was part of this conversation, you know, from the very beginning. You know, uh, I also think that. If I remember correctly, Miss Nellie Gray's birthday was on Friday, and our audience uh, would be familiar with Nellie. Nellie is the founder of the U.S. Uh, March for Life, National March for Life in Washington, D.C. And uh, I mean, I could not help but you know be moved by that memory of Nellie's life, and how on that very day of her birthday, uh, the court issued the decision along with the solemnity of the Sacred Heart and obviously, um, traditionally, the celebration of the uh, nativity, birth of John the Baptist. Right, when it doesn't
0: coincide. <laughs> There's and, so many, so many feasts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so many wonderful things. And, 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 and it really, it is reason to celebrate. And I know many of my colleagues, you know, were able to make it to the Supreme Court on that Friday um, to stand and witness in Thanksgiving, as well as to continue to minister, you know, to those that do not share our views. We. Uh, and we'll talk more about that in a few moments, about what's happening within the culture. But from a positive point of view, you know, it's just, a, a, I, I think that, you know, I, I was reading an article by another pro-life organization that, you know, kind of listed, you know, what happens. I mean, think about what happened with the court's decision. So how many little children, you know, uh, were born and left to die? You know, how many, you know, as a result of the of, the, of, of Roe and Casey? after Rowan Casey, a doctor, you know, if a child is born and, you know, uh, that child has to be cared for. I mean, I, I was looking at it. So it's just the idea that, you know, the, the idea that we have had abortions in the, in the second trimester we've had, where children who were diagnosed with abnormalities were immediately died, uh, basically on a death sentence. And so, I mean, we can go through a litany of examples, but on that day on Friday, and to this day now, in, in those states where pro-life laws exist, and where those trigger laws went into effect, you know, doctors have an, a moral obligation to, you know, take care of the life of the child that is born. And, you know, abortion is now uh, ended in those states. And yes, we, like in Louisiana, we've seen a federal judge, you know, uh, with a very liberal uh, pr- perspective, you know, be tapped, you know, to try to challenge the Louisiana's trigger law. And we, we, we know these things are gonna happen. So we should not be disappointed. You know, our, our, our listeners should expect the other side to do exactly what they're going to do. Um, but, you know, we just got to keep moving forward. And the, uh, the uh, Attorney General here in, this, uh, or in the state of Louisiana has already fought the good fight and is already addressing that issue. So there are many great, great people who are gonna continue to fight this. So, so Tad, I think we're in a great position. You know, and, and I, I know that from myself and HLI, the concern is uh, also in the, not only in the states, but also how will this new ruling affect uh, our state policies internationally? Maybe we'll have time to talk a little bit about that. Uh, if not in this episode, we can always come back and pick that up later. Absolutely, Father.
0: Now, and it's very important to note that this this uh, decision has already been saving lives. Um, and, and while we would uh, continue to work, as you noted, for the uh, complete eradication of abortion from our society. Uh, this is an extremely important uh, step in the right direction, one that we've been waiting for for almost 50 years. Um, not quite, 49 years. Um, so with, with that said, um, how can we, and we've been discussing this for a while and we just brought it up again, this the shift back into the states of the question of abortion, where it was before Roe versus Wade. Um, that decision was kind of a usurpation of uh, normal legislative authority of the states to, to kind of using the judicial route to just artificially insert it into the uh, federal framework and actually not even there just say, well, constitutionally this is uh, required to be honored, this, this uh, idea of abortion everywhere. Um, with that said, how can we, how does the work shift uh, now? I mean, what sort of strategies? Uh, a lot of pro-life uh, work, including that of HLI and, and everyone's um, is gonna have to adapt to this new situation, which is a good situation, but in some ways can be more intense, especially in those states which are going to be more forcefully uh, pro-abortion than ever.
1: Right, yeah, Tad, I think that the challenge is gonna be multi-layered. One is that we've, we have a mindset that has settled in to our country in these 49 and, and, and a half years. Um, you know, in, in the sense that people have just come in many regards to accept abortion. And to some point, even people who do not support abortion or the violence of abortion um, thought we never get here. They, they thought it's the law of the land. We just got to deal with it and accept it. Uh, and thank goodness that the, the great majority of us did not accept that, uh, that rationale, but kept fighting the good fight. But that mindset is still there. And as we can see with those who are standing on the other side of the aisle, uh, you know, they believe that a right has been taken from them. And, and so it's gonna be very important for us to persevere. And, and I really appreciate, you know, many of the pro-life leaders uh, who work uh, dominantly, uh, predominantly, I should say, in the United States uh, uh, that are out there still trying to convert abortionists you know, those working in the abortion facilities, you know, trying to, to help people to understand that the violence against the unborn is not the answer. What is the answer is to provide care for women in need, to provide care for their families, to uh, do everything we possibly can to express our concern for our sisters and for, to help them see that, you know, that the, the, the unexpected pregnancy or the uh, issue of being pregnant uh, the answer is never abortion. We this is the mindset we have to change, and 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 we can see what very tragically the other side is doing. I mean, it's just it, it, the idea here is that the answer uh, to uh, these situations in their mindset is that I should have a right. It's my body. I can do what I want. You know, I should be able to take the life. Uh, the, of course, it, they would. Many of them would say. The majority would say that it's not even a life. You know, it, you know, you, we got to. We have so much work to do. I guess that's my point is to keep educating keep you know advancing our cause you know, get out there, and you know, and especially in the states where abortion is going to st- remain legal, uh, to do exactly what many of us has done uh, throughout the country until uh, Roe uh, helped us in this regard, uh, our pro-life laws in the states that that uh, have a pro-life legislation. But to get out there and start educating—that's the first thing. We we have to change mindsets. And Ted, you said it. You know, imagine, you know, if we could be a nation that is completely free of abortion that is going to reverberate into other things because sadly our culture has accepted violence as an answer to situations you know so if we can kill the unborn then we can also kill people outside the womb and we see this in our culture today and so we by, by radically saying no to the violence of abortion i believe we can then advance no Violence with regard to other human beings and we just got to keep pushing this. This is the the thing. So to your to your question, had and that would be is this, is the idea here we have to work with our legislators in the states where abortion is still legal and that's going to require a, a tremendous amount of effort you know th- that's already happening so let's first of all it's not like something has not been going on in those states a tremendous amount of work has already been on uh, happening over these years and decades and so and we've seen you know some shift in in, uh, in policies uh, in a sense of kind of whittling down you know, abortions availability in many of those states. So we just got to keep going. I guess that's my point, Tad. It's just, we we just need to keep moving. But I would also say this, we should not sit on our laurels uh, in states where pro-life legislation and uh, laws already are in existence and went into effect. We can never assume anything because we know that our our our, our brothers and sisters on the other side of the aisle have been vigorous, you know, in pushing their cause. And they're not just gonna roll over and play dead here. You know, they, they believe in their cause. And they have the energy and the momentum behind it and very tragically they have the social media they have the current administration of government uh, in the federal level they have a uh, very uh, progressive judges sitting on benches just waiting for opportunities to give a name to themselves you know so we should not roll over here we have to keep pushing and secure the the rights for children and for the unborn children we need to keep helping our legislators and our governors in those pro-life states to to keep advancing further you know these uh, these these policies procedures and but I would say this and thirdly and is that we need to do what um, I learned just recently that there are some states I've been saying um, that Texas was one of the only states that I knew of that had put aside a budget uh, for care of uh, for unplanned pregnancies pregnancy care centers for women in need uh, to the tune of about a hundred million dollars. I learned that a couple of other states uh, have similar things, but by not the same amount. A million dollars, you know, five hundred thousand dollars, which is really nothing. That we really need as a a church, as a community, as a state, uh, and obviously as a country, is to, to put funds aside, you know, or allocate funds for helping our brothers and sisters in need. And we we just can't speak it. It has to be actualized. And and I think that's going to be the bigger challenge here uh, is to bring that to bear as well so that uh, we're advancing a culture of life. We we are advocating for life. We are saying we are here. We've always done this, but we just got to keep putting those those resources, people and money and and, uh, opportunity for for our sisters. So I think that's what I would say, Tad, to your question.
0: Right, right. And um, thank you, Father. It's very important to acknowledge that and to acknowledge the importance of, of uh, not only the legislative side of things, which is uh, maybe what people can end up focusing on, especially because this legal decision was a, a victory in the legal sphere, but the work of uh, pro-life activism and uh, advocacy is very Uh, much more broad than that. And so I wanted to ask you, in fact, it's a nice segue, Father. (laughs) My next question was about the role of the Crisis Pregnancy Center in this post-Roe era. Um, Obviously, these uh, centers have been wonderful sources of uh, comfort and help and aid to women in need throughout the period under uh, I would say the regime of Roe versus Wade. But in that post-row era, how much greater uh, is our is the role going to be of these kinds of uh, outlets?
1: Absolutely, no. It's it, it's going to be vital. You know the the, the, the our pregnancy care centers and uh, safe havens have been have been doing yeoman's work, uh, Tad. You know for decades, and you know we see this in our global field. You know we as HLI, you know we have a number of pregnancy care centers that we have founded and support and continue to support around the world. You know, we know firsthand the importance and necessity of these centers, and and they they need to grow. We need to to expand their their outreach and their and their services. Many times, as in all things, it's a matter of time, people, and resource that causes limitations to the work of these centers. Um, Some of them, you know, may not even be open daily, but they need to be. You know, they may not have enough uh, funding, you know, for the staff they need. They need that funding. They need the staff. You know, it's, it, right now, because of the change of the law, we're going to have a greater need, which means we need to step up our, our services. And, and I believe this is where the Catholic Church, which has obviously been in this and has been committed to this and, and will remain committed to it, need to also step up our, our resources and dioceses uh, to assure that there are centers there. Uh, places where women can go and feel safe with their children if they are in difficult situations. We need to provide long-term care uh, and other assistance uh, to women in need. As well as you know to make sure that, that whatever their needs are that we can meet them so tad definitely the, you know the pregnancy care centers are of utmost importance and I would say this to across the board, not just within the Catholic Church, many within the Christian community and the Jewish community and uh, those um, throughout the states have been aggressive in uh, advancing the the role of the pregnancy care centers um, I was recently did a uh, a fundraiser for one uh, that you know, they have three when I first met them, you know, uh, 11 years ago, there was only one and it was just, you know, just starting and to see where it's expanded into new communities. This is what I want to see happen. And what I would say within those centers, you know, they've all been very creative, you know, providing even legal counsel, providing education for example some of the our sisters in need may not be high school graduates or maybe they're in a college and you know worried about can they continue their education we need to find ways to help and to make sure that they can you know they can complete with their journey in education so they can provide for their family and they can feel like they can move forward so there's so many things tad that we need to do with that and i would say you know to uh, if i had some any authority if i could within the church itself that in dioceses where maybe there does not exist a pregnancy care center, I would challenge lovingly, respectfully challenge that the diocese should open one itself or at least partner with someone that knows what, what this is all about because we need to be present. We need to be visibly present and and committed to this great cause. And And also what I would say, is we need to be creative also because it's not just about uh, the initial intervention. It's about the long-term intervention, Tad. You know, helping dads, fathers of children, you know, giving them counsel and guidance. Uh, There's so many other layers that we need to serve within the family, within that particular moment that, uh, uh, that goes beyond the initial intervention, which is, you know, the protection of the mother and her baby and then move forward. So I, I'm very, I'm, I'm excited because I, I, I was just at a conference and I had a chance to meet with some leaders of pregnancy care uh, centers and to hear their excitement uh, and, and what they're looking forward to doing as they go forward, uh, but also hearing their challenges because again, it's gonna be staff, resources and funding. Uh, but I'm confident that the Almighty God who is Provided uh, to this moment will continue to provide that there's no doubt in my mind He's brought us here and he's not going to leave us uh, in this moment uh, without the resources we need He's going to provide but it also means that we have to step forward. We have to pick up our If I I may put quote our game, we got to step into that and and, uh, provide more more opportunity
0: Absolutely father that's uh... Uh, once again the an extremely important thing that we need to focus on going forward uh, really this in a way this decision is um, of course it's something to celebrate but it's also something kind of uh, like that should be taken as a call to action for for regular people because it's it's back to a local issue it's back to a community exactly. issue it's back to something that we need to work on more intentionally and for in a way it was easier to be a pro life uh, under row because you could just donate to the organizations and be done with it. But now there's a there's a more of a demand uh, of actual time and talent. Uh, not that I'm disparaging those who have donated or just supported right. pro life politicians on a national level, national level um, at all, but just that we we have to be. Um, it's more personal, right? That's that's a good way to put it.
1: Yeah, that's a good way because I mean it really is the gospel come alive. You know is. The Good Samaritan. This is this is it. You know, this is where you know we need to uh, to bring to bear the teaching of the gospel. We need to give witness to the gospel, and we need to answer Jesus' question. You know, who is my neighbor? You know, our neighbor is the person in need, and we there are numerous situations right in our own neighborhoods where there are people in need at, at different stages and different situations, and and of course, you know. Uh, uh, the unborn, their mothers, the, the the poor, the needy, there there are many in need. So yes, Ted, I'm, I'm with you and I think that, you know, in, in many ways um, it's going to intensify our opportunity. I, God has given us a moment to magnify, you know, the, our love for Him and love for neighbor. You know, this is where we can, you know, come out in our own communities and do greater work and, and be of greater service and, and greater visibility. Uh, th- I, I really believe this is an opportunity, a, a very positive one. And uh, and if we, if we take up the banner, we will uh, make a tremendous impact, not just in our own communities, it's going to reverberate into other communities and inspire them uh, to also follow. And maybe then it'll move into the state level and it can get into the national level. So there's so many ways here so uh, for us to do this and uh, I'm hoping you know that this uh, moment will be a kind of an in, uh, kind of an injection of adrenaline if you will you know to to, to keep moving forward so absolutely
0: yes and um, and father I'd like to shift gears maybe we're sure. talking about um, some of the, the challenges moving forward but challenges uh, with a hopeful uh, you know attitude um, We've seen some of the response made by the pro-abortion side, and you alluded to this earlier, Father, that uh, this is kind of an ingrained um, entitlement attitude that has been become part, part and parcel of our, our culture, unfortunately, um, in, in many spheres, not everyone, of course. Um, so with, with that said, moving forward, how can we as a nation heal from such a grave wound and reconstruct, as it were, uh, a culture of life.
1: Yeah, you know, Justice Alito, in in the majority opinion, uh, you know, got into this issue, you know, in the sense of this, uh, the issue of morality, the issue of stability within our society, and we can see how deep this uh, violence is, and in the consequences of this mindset, what is caused, and uh, to see how people, you know, who advocate for abortion, the industry of abortion, and it is an industry, Planned Parenthood and, and the pro life advocates are created an industry around this and it's a you, you multi, mean the, the
0: pro abortion advocates.
1: Pro abortion, sorry, pro abortion side and it's a it's a multi-billion dollar industry. I mean it's out there and it's not it's not just gonna roll over. You know, it's it's created this industry, it's created the mindset, it's created this false understanding that there's a right uh, in that, and so all this is still there. It hasn't gone away because Roe and Casey have been overturned. You know, it's still present, which means we're gonna need to pick up, you know, the, the, where we left off. And that is, you know, we, we had a moment, you know, we celebrate the overturning. Now we gotta continue our work. And, it, it, and it's unfortunate, with, to me, what I think is really hypocrisy is the Biden administration's the lack of calling out this domestic violence. I mean, this is not just simple people uh, simply protesting, you know, their disappointment and their discontent. Uh, there have been there's, the rhetoric of violence is there and the action of violence has been witnessed. I mean, graffiti is one thing you can wash off of a wall, but the the threat of violence, the throwing of Molotov cocktails into various pregnancy care centers, the the actual uh, causing of arson, burning down or causing great damage to these pregnancy care centers, this is an act of terrorism. And this is not how we in the United States you know, act. Reasonable people can reasonably disagree and we can have a debate and we can discuss the issues, which is what uh, Justice Alito says, you know, and, and the majority make note that this decision, this discussion needs to return to the people in, in each state with their legislative body and the legal process to determine what they would want to do. Again, we're not advocating for abortion at all, period. We want it completely annihilated and removed Uh, this plague removed from our country. We're going to continue to fight that fight. But what the Justice Alito is saying is that it's to allow people to discuss it, to, to deal with the issue as our Constitution says. So, but what we have right now is acts of violence being perpetrated against pro-lifers. We saw it with Justice Kavanaugh, the the threat to his life. We've seen where, uh, sadly, Senator Schumer got up and, you know, actually uh, incited people, you know, to get actively involved in this. And I'll leave it at that. People can judge his statements, go back and look at it. But this, this is, this is, we have to expect what's, what's happening now, but we need to denounce it. It it is, this is not acceptable. Uh, and so as pro-lifers here in the United States, we've seen this also globally, Ted, you know, in different Western countries, you know, and uh, where people uh, can get very aggressive and uh, people who have watched any videos that HLIs put out, we can, I'm mindful of one in uh, Vienna in Austria that we actually uh, put out for people to see. Th- these things are real, they do happen. So my point is, is don't be afraid. Don't 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 allow the intimidation. We we've been here before. We've seen it before. Uh, this is the tactics uh, the left employs constantly throughout history. And it's 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 to incite fear. It's to incite uncomfortableness. And it's to cause people to sense that kind of back off. Not get out there. No. We we need to just stay where we are. Persevere. Be strong. Be be courageous. Uh, be prudent always. And and do not fall into their trap. They they're trying to incite the pro-life side to take the same motives as they are. In other words, to be aggressive. We, we don't do that, you know? And so I think we, we just need to, to stay calm, stay collected in our thought, and just do what we've been doing. You know, we, we have done a great amount of our work, and we've achieved tremendous, tremendous uh, things and because of that. So let's not, not be frightened of it, Ted. Let's not allow it. and I've written about it a few times. I want our audience to know that this is what's happening. And, and so we just now need to be on, more on guard. So those that are in the states where abortion is still legal, then you know, we need to take extra in, uh, in a sense, uh, methods to make sure that the pro-life counselors, the sidewalk counselors, the families that are out there, people that are out there, need to just be extra prudent. They need to have cameras so that they can uh, take video of anything that may occur. And, they need to, and I would say, this is just my opinion, I would not advise anyone to be out there alone. And, and so we need to be in groups. We need to support each other um, in that, and just be, as Jesus says, be on guard, be vigilant. That's what we need to do. Um, but at the same time, I, I mean, uh, I wish what we're talking about Tad would be picked up by the, 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 the media, but because really it is hypocrisy, you know, and not that any of us here in the pro-life cause would advocate, you know, any form of violence toward an abortion facility, an abortionist or their staff. We do not advocate for that. And, and, uh, and the pro-life movement doesn't advocate for that. Have we had incidences of it? Yes, we have, and it's been denounced. But yet, if that were occurring now to uh, abortion facilities, no doubt the Biden administration would be declaring an act of terrorism. You would see the whole, the whole strength of the federal government coming to support Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Well, this is hypocrisy, you know, because the the idea here is, this is wrong, it needs to be denounced, and it needs to be clearly said, this is unacceptable behavior. You know, if you have a disagreement, rightful protest, peaceful protest, let your voice be heard, fine. That's that's the way we handle out the situation. But these acts of violence, these public acts of violence, need to be denounced. So I'm sorry to be repetitive with that, but I think it's just important that we need, and I would say to those who are listening, if in your community you're hearing this, contact your local government, contact the regional government, contact your state legislature, contact your state senator, and you say, "Do something." You know, uh, these people are elected officials. They don't represent one body of people. They don't, you know, they don't represent just one group. They represent all of us, and that that this is this is unacceptable. And so we need to get involved. We need to do and write the editor. I mean, get, get people who have a, a wonderful skill of writing write the local paper, whether they print it or not. That's their decision. But write, get involved. I guess is my point, ten. Don't we, we? should not sit back and accept this. And and I would say, you know, every day, pick up. Where's the sheriff? Where's the local uh, dep- uh, the uh, the uh, police department? We need to be equally, and I use the word aggressive here, not as the other side, but equally aggressive in our call for justice. And, and for people to be defended and, and, th- and to denounce these actions.
0: Thank you, Father. And yes, that's important uh, information and guidance for uh, pro lifers, especially active ones who are um, operating crisis pregnancy centers or, or, or uh, performing sidewalk vigils and counseling. Um,
1: well, even the churches, Tad, I mean, absolutely. You know, yes. I mean, I would say even the even even the churches. You know, and here are not just the Catholic churches, but there have been a number of examples. And I did mean, I mean to cut you off, no, no. but you know, the even at, at HLI, you know, at our various centers. You know, we've we've stepped up our vigilance. So it's it, we shouldn't have to do that, really, honestly. But we, we we're having to. But we've been very fortunate that where we where we are, we've had you know some um, the the local government and local police have been very helpful. But I just say that, you know, this again, you know, these if uh, under under other circumstances, if a church was assaulted, attacked, let's say, you know, then we would see the law very clearly, you know, come forward. And so I just think that right now it's just important for all of us just to 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 recognize that there is a legitimate threat. There's we need to be on guard, but not drove driven into silence and fear. Just keep moving forward.
0: Absolutely, Father. Thank you for that uh, uh, exhortation. And um, with that said, uh, those are sort of short-term implications. But as far as healing from the wound that uh, Roe uh, and Casey and and the whole um, pinnacle of the culture of death, which is abortion, um, not the the root of it, but the pinnacle of it, um, whereas the root would be contraception, healing from that wound nationally Uh, and of course because as we said this is not the end of the story here of the pro-life cause um but and and maybe father we can even expand that question not only to our own nation but to the whole world um which you mentioned at the the beginning of the episode because this is really a momentous uh time of grace and a time of, of reckoning which you've mentioned in previous episodes how this is something a grace that god is giving to us uh to right. to examine our conscience and really see what what we will decide to go, uh, what direction yeah, Chad, we'll uh, do,
1: take. Absolutely, you know we've seen this, you know on a global, you know Poland, Hungary, you know where uh, they have uh, now now the U.S. not completely across, you know uh, in every state, but obviously with the overturning of Roe and Casey, you know the opportunity is before us uh, to really really have a genuinely pro-life nation if we want to take the, the, the charge. And that's not just the issue of abortion though it's, it's the first you know of uh, fight as we are talking about but there's so many other layers of this from euthanasia you know to the way that we have uh, some of our states advancing not only euthanasia but also the idea of euthanizing children I mean there, so there's many layers to this conversation uh, of the culture of life that we need to talk about the the assault on marriage the assault on the family you know the contraceptive mentality there, there are many layers and so so here we are at this this junction and, and I really believe that it's, it, it'll help us to talk about all the other issues as well. And I believe like we said, you know, when you look at Poland and you look at Hungary, you know, Hungary in 2012 changed its constitution, you know, to advance life and, and it's still fighting that good fight. It's still you know, advancing it. It's gonna take time, you know, to, to, to weed out the mindset that has, was so entrenched. Uh, and the and the anti-life mentality uh, and the and how that found root, you know in people's daily lives, even though they, you know they may not personally have believed it, but it was there. And so this is going to take time for our own nation uh, to heal, but it's it can't heal until we we rid the entire nation of this violence because if if the neighboring state, is performing abortions, then in the state next to it is not, then we still have a problem here. And so that the state that is not what can we do to help our neighbor? So our neighbor is the state. You know, there are citizens in that state. There are people in that state and there's a violence being done, you know, in that state. So, so this is something that involves every one of us. So uh, in, the, in the pro-life states, does it mean, okay, we're done. Okay, we're finished. No, 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 no. As we already talked about, must maintain those laws. But what can we do, you know, to, uh, to help our neighbor? you know, the neighboring state or maybe four states over, you know. So we need to really see the importance of, of continuing to advance the culture of life, and and saying that abortion is never an answer. Abortion is not a medical, uh, it's not health, the death of a child. You know when they talk about you know safe abortion, there is no safe abortion. Someone dies. All right and the life of the mother is inflicted with a lifetime of difficulty not only in her but her family and in society. No one benefits from this. All right and so we need to not buy into the rhetoric that we're hearing and we have heard for decades and so we we just need to keep teaching keep it talking about it you know keep working within our legislative bodies I want to commend you know those in in every state uh, who have been advancing pro-life causes our many representatives many national leaders you know um, have been fighting the good fight and and it's in their states. so I'm thinking here in New York I'm thinking uh, Illinois I'm thinking uh, you know California there are many others and that that we need to keep talking and we need to keep advancing. And I would say to the, to, the, to the bishops and the religious leaders of those states, it's time to unite even more, pull together, you know to fight the cause together to find creative ways uh, to to use not only the leaders of, of those religious institutions but how to help the people within those institutions. And Ted, let's we you and I both know that very tragically within those 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 Christian communities, as we see within the Catholic Church, sadly and scandalously there are those that um think that abortion is fine euthanasia is fine so we have a lot of work inside the church too and with within with inside our christian communities that we have to do to help people to see that uh that uh, abortion is murder it's it's the killing of of an innocent human being it is never morally acceptable is intrinsically evil and there's there is no but there there is never a but it always is and so we need to, to to keep forming people in this understanding and uh, and with that I would say as a country I, I really believe we're on a uh, we're, we're at a pivotal moment. So where are we going to have some decisions to make you know? And so uh, this is a very telling I think that with the decision of the court on, la- uh, on June 24th uh, it showed you know how divided the nation is. It shows you know how Uh, entrenched the mindset of abortion is and as you said the real issue here is underneath it and that is the contraceptive mentality which we'll have plenty of time to talk back uh, about uh, again in future episodes and make the link and help people to see that link but I really want to say you know that uh, thank God you know you know many people even within the church, within the pro-life movement, none of us ever fell into despair by any means, but you, you wonder, you know, would we ever get to this point? Would we ever see this opportunity? And because we've been here before, and I've written about this. We had been here before uh, and, 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 and then it got pulled away. But here, you know, we, we have been given a grace moment uh, to, to heal a deep wound, to right a very bad injustice to the unborn, and uh, to and, the, and to heal a nation, Tad, it's it's a spiritual battle, it's a physical battle. Uh, the wound is very deep, both physically and spiritually, uh, and so there's much work to be done. And uh, I know for myself, and and you, Tad, and many others in this pro-life movement and and, and fighting the good fight, you know, for life and family and the culture of life, uh, we are. Uh, uh, emboldened now even more you know to see the opportunity before us we're, we have an, uh, something to do here and at the same time we're mindful uh, that um, it's not going to be easy that we just got to keep moving forward I think that's uh, that's I think that's the main thing that I, I'm trying to focus in here. here is just we have to keep moving forward and uh, so I leave it at that
0: Very good, Father. Um, That's everything that I wanted to cover. I I don't know if you have any final thoughts, but I I think it's just important to recognize, uh, maybe the point of this episode is, uh, for our listeners' sake, is two things. One, that it's a wonderful uh, celebratory uh, cause, um, a cause for celebration that that we've experienced and really a a gift of God and a grace of God. But with that comes the second point, which is that he's calling us to something more and to further action and uh, and uh, com- redoubled commitment to our efforts
1: here. Amen. I think that's a great summary, Tad. And, and, and to, to, again, be thankful for all who have brought us to this point, for all the people that have been involved, who have sacrificed, who have shed blood, you know, to get us to this point. Uh, to be grateful to Almighty God for the graces that He has showered upon us over these decades fighting the good fight. Uh, for the numerous organizations that have arisen, you know, since Roe v. Wade. You know, in the very beginning, our pioneers like Nellie and Joe Scheidler, uh, Father Paul Marks and a, a handful of others who started the Great Cause, you know, and today to see hundreds uh, of, of groups and, and organizations founded to promote the culture of life is a testimony, you know, to the, uh, to the grace that God has given us and the Holy Spirit that has animated the lives of so many people. So we owe a tremendous amount of gratitude to the Almighty Father. Uh, and, but also with that to say, you, you who have given us much, much is still expected of us. We, we have to keep moving. We have work to be done and so we are grateful for this moment. We are grateful to the Justices for the courage uh, from a US point of view to defend the Constitution of the United States. Uh, to see that Roe and Casey were from the very beginning bad law and were, as Alito said, were inevitably going to confront the Constitution. And on June 24th, well, the decision was made before then, but publicly announced it it met, Roe met the Constitution on June 24th. And so uh, now we know that legislation on a federal level and state level can change this again. So we have to keep moving forward. And we have to build a culture of life, both in mindset and in action, so that we are never here again where the innocent unborn children or any innocent human life is threatened by the culture of death. So there is much work to be done. And uh, may the Lord continue to shower more graces upon us, especially in this moment of difficulty and division in our nation um, that is uh, being... revealed in these acts of violence and rhetoric and the lack of our federal government to defend all of its citizens, especially those who are now being victimized by this violence. And we just need, but we need to persevere. And so Tad, that's a great summary and uh, I'll I'll, I'll toss it back to you. And I look forward to talking about this some more because there will be much more to talk about as we go forward with this. And I would close with this, Tad, is for our, our listeners to pray because, and we're gonna talk about this later, is that what will be the ramifications of Roe the overturning of Roe to our state policies? How will this affect how USAID or how our uh, funding to the United Nations is funding contraception and abortion around the world? And we know how you know we know the Hyde Amendment but in reality you know HLI confronts the USA, uh, USAID and many of its programs in the mission field. I believe that this decision of the court will have an impact on this conversation. Now, it will not be immediate, but it's, it's there. So because how then can you, uh, if this is no longer something that is, um, was upheld by the Constitution, then all the states that are saying, look, we have pro-life laws in our states. We don't want any of our federal funds to be used in any regard to support any of these evil atrocities. So uh, so that's going to come up tad. So I look forward to talking more about that. But I want our audience to be thinking not uh, not only on our U.S. level, but how does this affect our brothers and sisters around the world? Which sadly, the United States has uh, been uh, very much uh, active in promoting abortion around the world. So we need to really, you know, uh, challenge that issue uh, now that we have this decision of the court. So I look forward to that, Tad, later on.
0: Absolutely, Father, and yes, uh, we'll have a lot of opportunities uh, to discuss all the various facets of, of this decision and every and the ramifications um so let our listeners be looking forward to that in the future um Amen. with that said yes thank you father uh and thank you all for listening and watching uh if you're watching on youtube please like and subscribe and turn on notifications if you're listening on any of our audio platforms please follow us and continue to share us with your friends And as always, keep on living the culture of life. God bless.